Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christlikeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today we are continuing on with Psalms. We are in Psalm 55. Steve is going to read it for us. I am, and uh, I will preemptively apologize. I've got the sniffles. So the if sniffles. You, if you hear Ooh, sniffles, no, we don't want to hear sniffles. I've got the sniffles, and hopefully, the sneezing that sometimes comes with it doesn't uh, interrupt me. But so if that happens, I'll just maybe take over, and then yeah, we'll have to do fancy. We won't gross and anybody take out. All the gross sounds out. <laughs> but I thought I would just be like, hey. Hey, heads up, y'all. Heads up. (laughs) Here we go. Appreciate it. Psalm uh, Psalm 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan. Because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I would have wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from the marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive for a, a... Evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning, at noon, I utter and complain and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul and safety from battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of bloody treachery, blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Yeah, thank you. I love this one in my Bible. I'm reading from the ESV. It says, cast your burdens on the Lord. But I, I kind of feel that this could also be like betrayal. This is what betrayal feels <laughs> yeah. like, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, gone is the happy psalm for this week. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. not, uh, it's not a real happy place. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, verse 1, he starts again. And I mean, not uncommon for David. A desperate cry for help, yeah. a plea for mercy. Yeah, he usually has a crescendo at the mm-hmm. end, but he just, it's... He of, lands in a good place, but uh, he's yeah, still, still kind of um, still kind well, of well. And I think we will come to that as to why. <laughs> yeah, but well, um, we will. when in verse one, when he says, "Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy," again he's pleading, he's crying. Yeah. But was David feeling that God was far from him? Like 
unable to feel him, like as he says, do not hide from me. Yeah. So was he feeling that God was not available to him at this time? So he's begging, petitioning, yeah. you know, yeah. God to hear him and, and be there. Because li- Sorry, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I like how David is always, don't hide from me. Because he's yes. already got it figured out that he can't hide from God. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? right, we can't. We try sometimes, I think. But then when he goes on in verse 2, it says, attend to me and answer me. I am yeah. restless in my complaint and I moan. That's verse two. So he's begging for God's attention. He's yeah. restless. He feels no peace. And yet he's complaining to God. Yeah. Why? He's taking his deepest cries to God. Yeah. That's where we should be going, right? How many times do we take the things that we we are hurt by and, and do we trust that it is only God who can get us out and save us from our situation? Right. It is God that is the only one who can deal with us? Well, David clearly knows that God is his only answer. Yep. So yep. he goes to him. So why does he moan? Verse 3 tells us why. Because of the noise of the enemy. Right? He goes on. The oppression of the wicked, the trouble they bring him, the, they drop trouble on him. They're angry yeah. and bear grudge against him. I love how it's like this so vivid. They drop yeah. trouble on him. Yeah. And in anger, they bear a grudge against me. So he's just feeling a wall of angst here and a, and a whole lot of restlessness and trouble and it keeps repeating the word trouble yeah it does. very troubled it really trouble does. they bring him the trouble they cause and we'll see that a bit more as we keep going even and then we have verse four where <clears throat> excuse me verse four where he's got you know verses one to three he's crying to god help yeah. me save me verse four it's like that fear that overcomes you know he has to fight fear Oh my goodness, yeah, it does eat the terrors of death. Yeah, so the terrors of death, uh, when my reading, and a, a person described it as, I am an hourly expectation of being massacred. Hey, I got that same quote right in the front ter- of me. Oh, interesting. Are we using the same sources, or are we just that good uh, that our sources are all reliable? I would say that that source is just a trusted source. <laughs> well, that's he, good, though. He seems to be in a lot of places. <laughs> he seems to be in a lot of places. But he's fighting fear. His heart is in anguish, right? Terrors of death fall on him. Verse 5, fear and trembling. He's overwhelmed by horror. So here <laughs> we have this extreme fear. What's he yeah. going to do about it? He can't let it overtake him, Yeah. but he, he's talking about it. Verse 6 and 7 and 8, he starts to imagine what it would be like to escape that, right? Yeah. If I could fly away. Yeah. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. You know, if I could just escape it, if I could just get far, far away from here. Verse 7 says, oh, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. Now, some people might think that this longing for the wilderness is because of the time before where David felt and was rescued by God and felt his faithfulness to him in the wilderness. Okay, yeah. So the wilderness is a place that was safe and he could rest in the trust that God had him. Yeah. So here he's like, if I could just go back to that. Yeah. Go back to the wilderness. Most of us are like, the wilderness? Uh, I get it. I like the wilderness. Yeah, you do like the wilderness. (laughs) I, yeah. Anyways, we won't talk about what I like. (laughs) Um, You like the comfort of your home. I do. Verse 8, I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. So he wants to flee. He's afraid. He's imagining multiple scenarios of what it would look like if he could get away. But what does he do? He thinks of ways he can go, but he holds fast and he cries to God. He stands firm. He does not flee. He does not leave. So I think we can take, honestly, I love this because how many times are we in a situation 
and we want to be out of it desperately. Yeah. And we cry to God, yeah. but we're in it. Well, this whole bit, first bit kind of feels like, you know, how in those you know, scary movies, oh, yeah. they show you the face of the person who's terrified by something. Hmm. And all you want is the camera to turn around so you can see what they're afraid of. Right. But you don't get to see it. You just get to see their terror. And it's almost scarier their, when you their, just their, and their desire to run away and hide. See their image of right? them, That's but not them. That's what we're getting from David here. It's just this like, oh my goodness, this that is terror. horrible. And I just, I just want to run away. I just want to go. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't. Um, I love that. Verse nine, he kind of, he's like, okay, now I'm done. My fear has turned into anger. Yeah. Destroy, O oh Lord, divide their tongues for I see violence and strife in the city. Now, this is telling in that it's not just affecting David at this point. It's affecting Israel. It's affecting yeah. the city that, you know, they're in, whether, he, I don't know if he's in Jerusalem here. I don't actually pay attention to where he is right now. But wherever he is, it's affecting the people around him. It's affecting yeah. God's people, not just David as an individual. Yeah. It would depend on what you connect this song to. I know. I did some reading on it. It would depend on where he was. Some, some people think it happened during uh, when Absalom was against him, but then some people say that not everything matches up for that because David never wanted Absalom to die, go to hell. Yeah. And he clearly does talk about that here. And Absalom is his son, not his friend. So, yeah, there's well, a little bit see, of... The, the friend was... Uh, What's the other guy's name? It's like an impossible name to say. Yes, it is. I didn't even Ahit bother to write it down. Thopel, Thopel, yeah, yeah. Who, who, was who is in between the two of them, son, right? So there's a there's that's a, right. There's an enemy there that is. It's uh, yeah, and it's and it's the more people were arguing in the fact that he was praying for their demise, yeah. which he never did. I don't think he wasn't clear about it. He always wanted absolutely yeah. he wanted to be in right relationship with him, right? Um, but that sadly didn't happen. So there is. There is a little bit of discussion as to when this was written. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people know. I don't know how old David lived to be. But it seems oh, to me... That's a, that sounds like a quick Google search. <laughs> it seems to me that the man had it going on in his life. Like, he had a ton of strife and a ton of things Bad things, people against him, war, running for his life. I mean, this 70. could have been any one of those times. 70, hey? Yeah. Okay. So then, I mean, in, in 70 years, how many times did he have people against him that he had to flee and hide, that he had to stand his ground and fight? I mean, we probably don't even actually know. They're definitely not all recorded. Yeah. So this could even just be from a time that wasn't really recorded, but definitely... Uh, is put in the Bible as God's yeah. word and shows us how to deal with these things when they come to us and we're in the midst of them. I mean, David is good at that. The mm -hmm. real and the raw and the crying for help is, yeah. you know, and then the, the trust that he lands at, which we'll find out at the end. Mm -hmm. um, verse, so verse nine, he starts to say, okay, I'm done. I, I'm, I walked through my fear, decided to stay and fight. Now God destroyed them. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. violent and they're causing strife in the city. So they're causing constant trouble. There's the trouble again. Yeah. They're wicked. Yeah. They're sinful, right? Verse 10, day and night, they go around it on its walls and iniquity. So sin and trouble are within it. Verse 11, ruin is in its midst. Oppression mm. and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. So this, we get this very clear image of the the wickedness that these people are bringing yeah, to yeah. to not just David, but to the city, to the people. 
And I think that's why they bring it back to the the threat from Absalom, where he was it could out be. at the gate yes. saying, well, how did it go when you saw the king? Did, you, constant undermining. did he do anything to help you? Or yeah. Like, did it work out? Did you know? I know. Which would if, which would infect the whole city. It would. It would right? be like that, you know, like that bad seed. That it's like, I'm sorry for anyone who mm-hmm. this may land hard on, but what? it's like those people at church that just question all the things that the Oh, the negative do. attitudes. It's not whether, whether you agree or disagree with right, what they're doing right. is irrelevant. Just questioning why they made the decision. Why did they do that? Well, why just, did they do this? It's not the questioning it's is just okay, that but, the but it's the undermining yeah. and the negativity. It's the attitude in which you question. I think yeah. it's your heart. And so here they're saying that it is an evil. It comes yep. from a place of division. Yep. So then we have that anger. So he had, you know, he had angst, and then he had fear, and then yeah. he had anger or rage or whatever you want to call it. And now we we see heartbreak. Yeah. For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. Yeah. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. Mm. Right? This is his heartbreak. If it was an enemy, I could, I could deal with it. If it was someone yeah. unknown to me yeah. or was, you know, always against me, I could totally handle this. And uh, Spurgeon, uh, you're going to like this. This yep. one's for you, actually. I know the quote. I know the quote already. Okay, you say the quote. None are yes. such real enemies as false, false friends. False friends. And I think that's true. <laughs> I, I really do like Spurgeon a lot. I know you do. I put it in here for you. I, I, I like him too. I just, I'm just not like obsessed with him. I feel good. Like today's <laughs> been a good day because we were listening to a podcast. <laughs> Our it, new favorite. And the guy was telling a story <laughs> and I was able to pick who the story was about and who he was talking to that is in true. the story. You did tell me. I wouldn't with have. A, with a conversation between C.S. Lewis and, and J.R. Tolkien yeah. about the validity of myth hmm. in uh, understanding our human history. Right. Then I'll leave it there because that's... Yeah, I don't want to get too weird, but... (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, it's a good... It's a great podcast if you're into that stuff, (laughs) which we are. Um, Okay, so here we go. You know, that's what Spurgeon said. None are such real enemies as false And it's true, right? Like that that quote by Spurgeon is true, but it's also this this verse from David where he says, I would rather it be an enemy. I would rather know that you were against me Mm. rather than somebody who I thought was for me. Yeah. Totally. Well, how many times, and I mean, especially us in ministry, how many times can we look back and go, it's like, you know, that, that we were close with them and and now we have nothing. And, and sometimes it's even farther than that. It's not that we were once close with them and we trusted them, but now they are saying lies about us or, you know, like there's so many levels. And when it was a friend, it hurts more. Yep. It hurts more. Totally. Exactly. So then he goes on, but... You know, you were a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. They were close friends. They used to take sweet counsel together. They went to God's house together. They walked the throng together. There's this relationship um, of a closeness here that we can see. And that causes the pain of the betrayal and the, Mm -hmm. the anger and the hurt that's happening, I think, so much more. Yeah. So then now he's asking God to act. Yep. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to shale alive. Like, not, yeah. don't even <laughs> let them die first. Just send them straight there alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I love what this is saying. He's saying to God, let death, he's saying all that, let death steal over them. Do this, do this, do this. 
Because it's you who does this. You are the one to deal with this, not me. So David oh, is leaving it yeah. in God's hands. What? Sorry. I can I, see the look on your face. No, no, that, that uh, let them go down to Sheol alive. alive. That's also in Numbers 1630. Right, I did read that. Uh, right, where, where uh, Moses is dealing with mm. mm-hmm. uh, the ones that were rebelling in his day. Right. He says, let them let be them. taken down. Yeah. And so he would have known about that, David, because he would have known all of the the whole thing there. Yeah, exactly. And then, so he's leaving it in God's hands. But then what does he say? But I call to God and the Lord will save me. So he's saying, God, this is wicked. This is evil. This is for you to deal with. He's just asking to be protected Mm -hmm. and to be saved. But he also knows that the Lord will save him. It's not just that he's asking. He's asking with that belief that it will happen. Right. right. Right? And I love that about David. So then he goes on to say, verse 17 all the way to 19, right? How he cries out to God, evening and morning and at noon, yeah. I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. Yeah. So he's saying, I, all day long, I call out to him. All day. All day long, and he hears me. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage, Yeah. for many are arrayed against me. Yeah. Right? So God redeems him in safety. And then what is the end result? God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from old. Mm-hmm. So David goes from angst, fear, all of the things we've talked about, to peace. Yeah. Here he's finding peace and rest in God. Yeah. That verse 17, just, just yeah. so people understand, the reason David says evening, morning, noon, yeah. um, is because Hebrew people started their day at sunset. That's right. So... Evening. That's a good point. Evening would be our modern world's morning. And do you think they still slept? Morning, they didn't stay up all night. Right? No, they didn't stay up all night, but that was the start of the day. Because of the Sabbath and all of that? Like that's right, when the sun went down. So what we would how we would say, like normally we would say, I pray uh, morning. Like morning, noon, and night. Yes. Well they say evening, morning, and noon because their evening is our morning, their morning yeah. is our noon, and their noon is our evening. Right. If I got that right. I don't know. Anyway, I wasn't following it's just you. A, I stopped it's, listening. It's, to, no. <laughs> it's to clearly just say to for the reader, you should hear that as yes, all day long. Yes, that's yeah, what we all said. All day. Yeah, right? exactly. Like all the moments. Even though it's in a weird order for us. It, it is in a weird order because in my head I see, I'm very visual. So like yeah. I see the evening, then you're yeah. skipping back in the day and then going forward. Yeah. So that's good so that you pointed that out. it rounds it out because yeah. once the sun makes goes sense. down, that's the start of the next day. No, that makes sense. And so after all of this... He has peace in God. And then verse 20 is interesting. He never actually names him. And that's where I think a lot of the debate about when this is happening in David's life comes from. Because he just calls him my companion. Yeah. Right? He doesn't name him. And maybe this is David's way of not pointing fingers or gossiping or I don't know. He's just, you know, he's taking the high ground here. And he's not turning it on to him. It's between him and God. Right? This is between him and God. Um. I lost where I was, sorry. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. So he doesn't name him, but but like this guy rose against us. He rose yeah. against his friends. He broke his covenant. He broke his word. Yep. There's nothing yep. honorable about him. Exactly. Right? He's despicable. Yeah, the covenant was the big deal. That's right. He spoke, verse 21, right? His speech was smooth as butter, yet <laughs> war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Here's that imagery of the honeyed lips yeah, and the poison yeah, yeah. underneath, right? How he's saying one thing, 
but he's actually yeah. intent on another thing. Yeah, no, totally. And yeah. we know those kind of people. We all have had experience with those kind of people in our lives where they'll say one thing to your face and then they'll go and do and say other things behind your back. Yeah, exactly. That causes yeah. you so much pain. I'm soft like oil and smooth like butter. That's slimy. Slimy, <laughs> yeah, like, right? You know, we, talk, yeah. we say that people are That's slimy true. and that those two things yeah, would be, well, well, they are smooth and slippery, uh. and, but like, who wants that all over you? Like, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking like, that's gross. <laughs> gross. Well, and, and it leaves that, like on your hands, right? If you get the oil, residue, right? it like leaves it that, you. you can't quite get rid of it. It just, it's, and then verse 21, he says, oh, I already did that. Yep. Speech is one thing, but war is in his heart, right? So then verse 22, he's got the opposite. He's talking about how he, the companion was acting. In verse yeah. 22, he says, the Lord sustains. Now he turns his eyes to the Lord. And he will sustain you. Cast your burdens on the Lord. And I'm wondering, too, part of this is because Israel is also being affected here. It's not just David. So he's saying, hey, cast your burdens on the Lord. He is the one who sustains you. He will get you through. He will never permit the righteous to be moved because he will hold them fast. He will help them to stand firm. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I love that so much. And then verse 23, where David finally and completely leaves it in God's hands trusting. Mm-hmm. But you, O oh God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Like, sure. Can you hear the, the yep. absolute confidence in that? Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's, this is going to happen. And through all of this, my trust is in you. Yeah. So there's this reoccurring theme that we have in this psalm and in many psalms we have read and studied up to now where we see the turmoil, the fear, the war, the fighting, the weariness, the betrayal, and, and that causes David to call to God every time. Yeah. He works out his feelings, his angst, his frustration, his, his rage, his desire for revenge, his desire to flee. He works all of those out with God and always lands safely trusting in God. Mm-hmm. Right, And so I just want to encourage you today, if you're listening to whatever you're working through, that it's okay to call to God, to bring your emotions and your feelings to him, work through them with him. He knows your heart. Yep. Um, and then my prayer for you is that, like David, at the end of all of that, whether God has rescued you yet or not, he will. But you will be able to say, but I will trust in you. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or a comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. Until next time.